Hey guys, I don't know if you're like me, but I love Count the Dings and everything it has to offer. I just can't find everything I need. You know, I know about Cinephobe and I know about the mailbag and I know about Bomb, but that's all we do, right, I mean? No, we do so much more. What? Yeah, absolutely. If you sign up, patreon.com slash count the dings, you'll find a plethora of other content, fresh content, extended content, the OG pod overflow, the Cinephobe cold opens that we've taken and made their own thing to live only there the re-watchingtons bomb and it's full Ooh. and unadulterated cut early drops of cinephobe episodes and so much more said the og pod now is it new or is it old mace i'm glad you asked that it is a new incarnation mm-hmm. of the old og pod oh. so it's me zach trey Waz, tom i love those guys just like we always were going back to the true hoop days mm-hmm. we're recreating that magic recapturing it and putting it back out we're talking hoops we're talking pop culture and most importantly we're talking for 40 minutes for free mm-hmm. but then another specific patreon exclusive segment for every one of those episodes funny enough about that og pod you're getting tom and trey on mondays you're getting me and waz aka zosny on wednesdays Amin's floating in between i'm a floater you never know when you're gonna get Amin in those so you gotta listen to them all and what if i'm not sure what maze looks like because i've always thought he's a fat man with a fedora he's got a weird voice how can i see for myself what this maze character actually looks like it's crazy you don't know the answer to this mm. because it's the cinephobe pod youtube page what the ct5s on the cinephobe pod youtube page you can look at all of us you can get all the og pods on youtube too at count the dings one on youtube at cinephobe pod on youtube patreon.com slash count the dings gets you everything all in one feed you can link it to your spotify and now enjoy the show when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Join us on the Chinwag Podcast every Wednesday where we trade the banal and the boring for the super strange and bizarre. They committed human sacrifice? I did bring up human sacrifice, yes. You sure did. <laughs> that just went by fast. Kind of casually tossed that out. I would like to have an alien uh, hatchet young inside. Holy shit, really? She saw world peace and I saw demons coming out of the wall. I will say that there was a green couch outside of the principal's office and you sat on it if you had lice or if you got into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> they wake you up from the goo pods to live in reality and you're naked and screaming it's like <laughs> follow us for free on apple podcasts and all major podcast platforms for more information go to chinwagpod.fm 
and find enlightenment through our Instagram or TikTok at ChinwagPod or on Twitter at Chinwag underscore pod. It wasn't a lie, asshole. Like, I was watching it at home. I had to drive over. So defensive. Said you got 30 minutes left. Just don't say you have 30 minutes left then. Yeah, just be honest. I did have 30 minutes left in the movie. I that was an hour and a half ago. <laughs> okay, no, but like, I did have 30 minutes left in the movie. <laughs> then an hour later, you said you have 20 minutes left. It's a lot of notes. No, I said 20 minutes for me to get to drive over here. <sighs> you guys are just dicks, man. Like, try being understanding, yep. okay? That's us. You can play that game, you piece of shit. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> Reference. Reference. <laughs> Reference. Oh, man, I'm so conflicted on this movie. I'm not. There was a portion where I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to file this. And then the ending, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't. Why was the ending dragging? I thought like it was over. And then we had like what ending? 15 minutes more movie. And then <laughs> they didn't even resolve it. They didn't resolve anything. What do you mean? They could have stopped when they should have stopped and not added any of that and would have been more resolved than it was the way they did it. They resolved the hell out of that movie. What are you talking about? It should have just been... An hour and a half of Brendan Fraser talking. Definitely not enough of that. There's that one scene, man. That, <laughs> I like, like Scarface. I had a cigar in my mouth and I stood up and I applauded. Your picks have been horrible, man. It's the point. It's the point of the show. Isn't, Isn't it? it? Isn't it? it? It's Isn't possible. It? I don't understand what this podcast is about. Poppycock. It's a fuck house. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies. They're probably anybody in the history of mankind. Poppycock. What story? <laughs> what story? <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you want lunch? I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. So. <laughs> just remember that. You know what the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable. Unremarkable shit. <laughs> I was legitimately offended. You were I offended? Was a, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean. Inconsequential detail after inconsequential yeah. detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm there holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah, all over. Talk. <laughs> Welcome to Cinephobe, the podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper, that's Amin Al Hassan, that's Anthony Mays. Patreon.com slash Count the Dings. Maybe Space Jam and New Legacy is out by now. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But it's going to be a Patreon exclusive episode. So if you want that, plus all the extra stuff we do, not just on Cinephobe, but on the entire Count the Dings network, Patreon.com slash Count the Dings. If you have a review, review it on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. Don't give a fuck what it is. People who don't put five stars, like MJP102409, used to be great. I would look forward to this podcast every Wednesday morning. Enjoy laughing all the way to work. Now the entire show is about a mean being drunk, slurring his words, and trying to make it through the show. I'm sure there is an audience for that. It's just not me.
Well, that's not fair. It's only been like half of the last like eight episodes. By the way, I go back and I listen. A lot of that stuff. I can't tell that I'm drunk until like what? late in the episode. Then <laughs> are you drunk when you're listening to it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but you listen with your ears or your dick. What are you doing? Sounds completely normal to me. I'm just saying, like it's it's not bad. Three stars from G Bats. Great podcast. Really like the pod. It is one of my favorite listens. A mean being drunk and trying too hard to be funny. Tension. All right. Three stars really pisses me off. Especially when it sounds like a positive review. <laughs> I know. It did, it, that was a very positive review, but three stars. You can say all that. Just make it five stars. Yeah. You can trash us all you want. Just make it five stars. And then Joey007, one star. Holding the review hostage. I will change this review to five stars if Amin can go through a whole episode actually talking into the microphone. Dated 71421. That is. This one doesn't even talk about him being drunk. No, Maze, you should know that that's not just a podcast thing, though. That's also a radio thing. What's that? You not knowing how to talk into a microphone despite doing it for a decade at this point. No, I don't know what to do. Talk into the microphone. But, like, you don't understand, like... (laughs) On radio, I'm getting constant messages. You're spiking. You sound far. You're spiking. You sound, I'm like, make up your mind. Because you move around so much when you do radio. I'm excited. <laughs> no, I'm saying like you leave and go take a shit while I'm talking to the other ghost. Amen. And then when you come back, like you do this, you just. It's a lot of that. For some reason, you touch the microphone more than anyone I've ever heard. Because they keep telling me to adjust it. But why do you touch the why do you touch the microphone part of it? There's all other parts of the microphone to touch. Sometimes the uh, little soft mic sock thing falls off. And I'm yeah, the wind sock. Condom, yeah. Yeah, I try to put it back on. Mine never comes off because I don't move around constantly while we're doing radio. Well, you know, I feel bad for your mic then. If you have a submission, submit it. This needs to be 40% or lower on Rotten Tomatoes for the audience or the critic score. July has been Johnny Travolta month. Jesus Christ. We took you through some bangers with Killing Season, <laughs> Staying Alive, and Look Who's Talking To. You voted for someone to make the next pick, and that was me, bro. I won. Deservedly so. And so we're doing the 2019 thriller, The Poison Rose. <laughs> Man. Thriller it is. Why is it called the Poison Rose? Oh my God. Yo, I, I got a <laughs> note in there, but do <laughs> you want to go first? I mean, by all means. No, like, no, 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 please. <laughs> the singer is named Rose. Her place yes. is named Roses. So they throw her in our face. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, she's gotta have something to do with it, right? Right. <laughs> Maze. Same note too, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this were a visual medium because then the, the same note too, baby. It just be <laughs> front and center plastered all over your screen. Poison Rose stars John Travolta, a now nine-time repeat offender. Nine times. Nine times. Swordfish, gaudy, fanatic. The Fanatic stars cinephobe royalty John Travolta. We just did Gotti last episode, and The Fanatic continues a pretty intriguing part of John Travolta's career right now. He had done Gotti and The Poison Rose. Poison Rose, by the way, has Morgan Freeman and a synopsis of Inspired by classic film noir, Carson Phillips, an ex-football star turned P.I., has a soft spot for a lady in distress. This might need to be a future cinephobe, guys. If it's scored low enough, did it score low enough? I would imagine it has. I haven't heard of it, so <laughs> <laughs> up until looking that up. 
Battlefield Earth, Look Who's Talking To, Killing Season, Staying Alive, and I Am Wrath. By the way, I will type all these out each time. And each time I've done it this month, I have forgotten I Am Wrath. I have to go look it up. And each time it's I Am Wrath. And you're never doing it chronologically. That's the other funny thing. No, I like to keep it fresh, man. This was a stretch for Travolta that sandwiched between I Am Wrath and The Fanatic, (laughs) in which John put up four movies, four straight 0% movies. We're slowly filling in this run over time. It went I Am Wrath. Four zero percenters, the fanatic. Yo, I told someone we were doing this movie, someone who's not familiar with the podcast, asking what I was doing today. And the person's reaction was, he's still acting? Oh, my God. Is he? Isn't he? I think we should review the Pitbull 3 to Tango music video for the Patreon. (laughs) Just to fill it in. I bet his ass is off. He's got to be the face of Cinephobe, right? He has to be. Four zeros? Those four straight zeros are Trading Paint, Gotti, Speed Kills, and Poison Rose. Jesus Christ. Yeah, face off. He is the Jordan of this, right? I mean, he might be Wilt because he's just putting up numbers that will never be attained. Yeah, he's Wilt and Bill Russell. This movie also stars Morgan Freeman, who narrated Alpha and then starred in Brian Banks and The Nutcracker and Four Realms in 2018. He had this movie and Angel Has Fallen in 2019 and The Comeback Trail in 2020. He was also in Coming to America this year. Yes, he was. Is this his first cinephobe? Yep. Wow. Wow. Shout out to Morgan Freeman. We get Brendan Fraser. Oh, oh, man. Sort of a repeat offender because we did him on Mad Dog. We did the scout on Mad Dog. Great movie. Not canon. He's also in Bedazzled and George of the Jungle. Has not been an active actor lately. First movie in six years. And then he was in No Sudden Move, the Soderbergh movie. But that's more recent. And he was in three TV shows, The Affair, Trust, and Condor. Everyone pointed out that this dude gained weight for this role in No Sudden Move. You see him like, holy hell. And like he's on 11,000 calorie a day diet, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, wow, man, like Brendan Fraser is really going for it, like to be like an actor, actor, right? Then I saw this movie and I'm like, hold the fuck up. No, what are you talking about? <laughs> Yo, you didn't. He gained all that weight and none of it went to his ass because that's off. <laughs> but no, but I'm saying like he didn't gain weight for no sudden move. He's already fat. Oh, no, no. He gained weight because he gained weight. Like, yeah, just... like they try to make it seem like he's like the <laughs> ultimate like method actor. Right. Like, no, man. The guy no. gained weight. He just got big. Yeah, it happens. He's in his 50s, right? Like that's going to happen. Yeah. Man. We also get Famke Jansen. You know her from X-Men, the Taken franchise and Made. Repeat Offender from Primal. I wish I knew how to quit you. Robert Patrick from The Last Rampage. Sort of a repeat offender. He's in five seconds of Last Action Hero. And we get Ella Travolta from Old Dogs. Oh, my God. Impressive resume from young Travolta here. I started following her on Instagram because I thought I was going to get more content of her dad. It's not what's happening. I'm very disappointed. I like that they spelled her middle name Bleu. the French way. Bleu. Ella Bleu. Peter Stormage. Repeat offender from Armageddon. Stormare. Stormare. <laughs> what did you call him? Stormage. <laughs> Apparently there was a type one. We need a Stormage. Because <laughs> it's spelled Stormage on here. So I just said Stormage. Two people directed this movie, if you'll believe that. But not according to the movie itself. No, but just on IMDb. Francesco Cinquemani. Cinquemani. And George Gallo. Francesco directed Beyond the Edge and is filming a movie called The Christian Witch. George directed Trapped in Paradise and he wrote Midnight Run, Bad Boys, and The Whole Ten Yards. This movie is written by Francesco, who also wrote that Beyond the Edge movie. 
And it's also written by Luca Giliberto oh. and Richard Salvatore. <laughs> oh, you mean Richie Salvatore. Oh. Richie Salvatore. Oh, Luca wrote Twins. What? It's not that one. No, it's a horror movie in 2021 starring Gerard Depardieu. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> He's still acting. And then Salvatore has this as his only writing credit. He did, though produce i am wrath making him a repeat offender oh no there it is yep he also wrote the novel apparently there's a novel for this movie will that explain what the fuck this movie's about no synopsis for the poison rose inspired by classic film noir carson phillips an ex-football star turned pi has a soft spot for a lady in distress doesn't explain it at all that's just character motivation that's not a synopsis inspired by classic film noir is a nice way of saying ripping off film noir savagely tagline a private eye a public murder a perfect crime what is my perfect crime i break into tiffany's in midnight do i go for the vault no i go for the chandelier it's priceless as i'm taking it down a woman catches me she tells me to stop it's her father's business. She's Tiffany. I say no. We make love all night. In the morning, the cops come and I escape in one of their uniforms. I tell her to meet me in Mexico, but I go to Canada. I don't trust her. Besides, I like the cold. Thirty years later, I get a postcard. I have a son, and he's the chief of police. This is where the story gets interesting. I tell Tiffany to meet me in Paris by the Trocadero. She's been waiting for me all these years. She's never taken another lover. I don't care. I don't show up. I go to Berlin. That's where I stashed the chandelier. Could not find an estimated budget on this. Shocker. Yeah. It claims to have grossed $323,000 U.S. worldwide. And then thenumbers.com claims that this movie sold $1.4 million worth of DVDs and $600,000 in Blu-rays. Yeah. There's no fucking way. No matter what, I guarantee they lost tons of money. When did this movie come out? 2019. And they sold $2 million worth of DVDs and Blu-rays? No. DVDs. Forget about the Blu-ray. I'll take the Blu-ray. I'll accept there were Blu-ray sales, but that many DVDs? Come on. What's a Blu-ray? $25? $30? Yep. So you think they sold 20,000 of these? I believe that more than I believe <laughs> a million and a half in DVD. Who's using DVDs? Even Redbox has moved away from it. I just love the accuracy of the box office. $323,754. Exactly. Before we jump into this movie and you listen to the rest of this podcast, The Poison Rose is available on Amazon Prime. 0% from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes on nine reviews. Congrats, Zach. Your first 0% movie. 21% from the audience on over 100 ratings. I read every rating. Over 100? (laughs) Come on, man. It sold $2 million in DVDs and Blu-ray. But a hundred people have reviewed it. Primal also had a hundred plus. Amin, would you like the positive or the negative reviews? Give me the negatives. It'll put the positive ones in proper context. Stop being a pessimist. This tank is not half full. It's half empty. Lucy Bouglas of Love Horror. We've seen Travolta and Freeman in some masterpieces, but sadly, this wasn't one of them. Donald Clark of the Irish Times. Are you trying to be the long goodbye? I knew the long goodbye. I worked with the long goodbye. You, sir, are no the long goodbye. Kath Clark of Guardian. It's a preposterous plot with a damp squib ending. And like an episode of Dallas, the dialogue gets phonier and phonier. Quote, this is a bad place. Far worse than you can imagine. End quote. Ditto the film. <laughs> I had the same note too, bro. <laughs> Brian Orndorff of Blu-ray.com. The production wants the audience to know it understands the basics of classic noir, but it shows limited interest in becoming one. Yep. Rex Reed of Observer. 
Nothing makes much sense here, including the title. That's true. Tomris Laffley of Variety, an astonishingly listless neo-noir wannabe. The fact that film noir is in the synopsis but not the genre is some sort of admission from the filmmakers that they didn't even succeed in making a film noir. Todd Jorgensen of Cinemalog. Oh, Cinemalog. That's what I dropped in the toilet yesterday, Zach, in the middle of our show. Cinemalog. While this uninspired murder mystery stirs up some atmosphere, it never generates enough suspense to inspire emotional investment in the outcome. I feel like that review is just all too reasoned. Like for a movie that of that caliber <laughs> doesn't deserve a review like that. Sarah Stewart of the New York Post. The Poison Rose doesn't aspire to transcend any cliches, and judging from the flagging energy level of the actors, everyone involved knows it. <laughs> Not everyone. Don't tell Travolta. He still hasn't figured it out. (laughs) Noel Murray of the Los Angeles Times. Murray! But even with solid supporting performances by Morgan Freeman, Robert Patrick, and Peter Stormare, or Stormage as one might tell him, this movie's just, well, sad. User Deborah K, one out of five stars. One of the worst mind-numbing movie I've ever watched. Stupid dialogue, boring plot, and bad acting are just the start of what is wrong with this movie. Accurate. Blank user, one and a half out of five. I'm assuming 70% of this movie's budget went to paying Morgan Freeman. I hope. Shade at John Travolta there. User Eric A, two out of five stars. Wow. Wow. What a letdown. Brendan Fraser is huge. Travolta's daughter tried but failed. Tough to see Tony Monero in a dud, smiley face. The same Tony Monero we saw two weeks ago? Wow, everybody's just thinking about the negative. Well, I think the glass is half full. Everybody thinks it's half empty. User Marielle V, five out of five stars. Brendan Fraser is a gem. Want to see him more. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see him more on Cinephobe. Blank user, three out of five stars. Decent detective movie with a strong cast. Is it? Isn't it? Welcome to Cinephobe. User Superior R, three and a half out of five stars. Superior. An all-around good movie plagued with mediocre action. The movie is a purposefully slow whodunit designed to build suspense and intrigue until the ending reveal. While the movie is slow, it doesn't baby you, giving you every little detail through exposition, but isn't too vague as to never allow you to piece things together. Shut up! It finds that perfect balance of exposition and vagueness that leads to even more investment in the main mystery and emotionally invested in the story. Where the movie truly fails is in its action as the visual effects almost pull the audience out of the movie during the shootouts. Other than that, the acting, music, story, and reveal are all excellent makes for an engaging experience. So, okay. Oh. <laughs> so Travolta popping out from behind <laughs> a, a football dummy. <laughs> User Ashley S, four out of five stars. I loved it. It is a mystery that certainly kept me guessing and had just the right amount of action and humor to cut the somber atmosphere. There were parts where I laughed unexpectedly, felt suspicious, angry, some indignation. The cast was excellent. Ashley's a dumbass. I never was guessing who done it because I'd never cared. I didn't care, but in the like slight moment, I thought to myself, yeah, obviously it's it's the doctor. Like As soon as I saw him, I figured it was him. His first two lines were like, yeah. yeah. I guess they mean the mastermind, like, uh, you know. User Philip B, four out of five. I enjoyed it. The story isn't complex. Travolta is great. Freeman, too. It won't win any Oscars, but it kept me entertained. Damn, how boring is that guy's life? User Tom Russell, OKC, three and a half out of five. Oh, Russell Westbrook. 
He's back. Dude movie will keep you in suspense. I think he meant good movie because it's spelled D-O-O-D. Maybe he meant duty movie. Isn't it shitty? Which it is. User Wassel N. Five out of five. Wasserman. Amazing movie and beautiful story. Beautiful story? Beautiful story. It's a romantic Texas love story. User Vicky C, five out of five stars. Good film noir type, which I love. Travolta is always exciting and him playing a PI is a treat. Nice to see his pretty daughter in the movie. The scenery and 70s cars are beautiful. Parts were filmed in Savannah. Grabbed my attention, interesting plot. And characters kept me involved. Very entertaining. Has some humor. I enjoyed it. So far, I've watched it twice on Amazon Prime. Twice? Twice. Repeat offender. No, 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 no. (laughs) No, now you've gone too far. Travolta is always entertaining, though. User EC, four out of five. If you like a true movie without a shitload of special effects and unrealistic (laughs) rebounds, you will like it. Unrealistic rebounds? I don't understand what that means. She just watched Space Jam. And then user Gerald H, three out of five stars. Solid thriller, but it's a pity Famke literally lost her face. Yo, what's going on there, guys? We talked about it heavily in the Primal episode. We're going to do it again. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Personally, the pandemic, I thought I was handling it really well at first. And then after a few months, I got really down. I stopped working out. I stopped kind of doing the things I needed to do to keep my my mental health really good. I stopped like really interacting with a lot of people and realized like I was in a rut and I needed help. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read the testimonials that are posted daily and you can visit betterhelp.com slash ding. That's better, H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Count the Ding's listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash ding. All right, Amin, what's your first note? LMAO! Clip it. My name is Carson Phillips. I'm a PI. I'm a PI. I'm a PI. What in the world is this accent? <laughs> We're going to take your boy and string him up by his pretty little neck with the roughest, coarsest piece of rope we got it. In our rope inventory. We're outside the Lucas Theater where the Maltese Falcon is playing. We find out it's Los Angeles, 1978. Wow, guys. Film noir. Let's just make it real heavy-handed with the first thing in the movie. This is just like the Maltese Falcon. Revolver on the bed as a disheveled John Travolta lays there with his cat. I like to drink. I like to smoke. I like to gamble. Voiceover character building exposition. Sometimes a little too much. 
But you know what they say, everything in moderation, including moderation. First of so many cliches, they did not show moderation in the number of cliches. I figured I could have taken those guys, but last time I had an uninvited guest, they trashed my place, and frankly, Raymond, my cat. My cat! My cat! My cat! Still hasn't gotten over it. He's running outside the theater with a cat in a small carry crate. He runs into a man with a gun in the alley, says, I'm holding my cat. You hold it. Then knees the guy in the balls, runs to a red convertible, drives off as the other guys come running towards him. So the guy in the alley had a gun and everyone else had a baseball bat? This guy in the alley, ladies and gentlemen, the world's worst henchman ever. (laughs) He's just flashing the gun but never points it at him. We've seen this move so many times recently where you hand somebody something or you throw something at somebody and then you kick them and then disarm him but this guy had no excuse like still shoot the gun even though you got kicked in the balls dude it hurts but not that much you can still shoot at somebody you're not lorenzo you can shoot and miss like lorenzo lorenzo is the worst shot in movie history i mean my god (laughs) that's a little tease for about an hour from now (laughs) he said he's been working in la over 20 years whoever named it the city of angels certainly had a terrific sense of humor this is awful writing already like two minutes in it's horrible writing and it's all voiceover and then he's talking about the sin and a wind hello there it's me i'm the santa in a wind i cause allergies i also make things weird a little bit about me on my hot hot breeze that originates from high pressure Hollywood glitz and glam is just like any other city. And then he says people get jumpy because of the Santa Ana winds and dead bodies end up at parties or some shit. I didn't follow what he said. That's entertainment. What does that mean? The winds get hot, people get crazy, and people die. The way he said the Santa Ana winds, and I I kept thinking of down to Farmer's Market. (laughs) (laughs) His job is mostly finding cheating spouses and deadbeat dads, but every once in a while, the case becomes something he never saw coming. Secretary asks who's after him as he goes into the office because he brought his cat. And he says, well, aren't you cute when you aren't minding your business? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Inappropriate. Says to take the cat for a few days. My cat! My cat! (laughs) By the way, I have a note here that says, why is looking ridiculous so necessary for every Travolta role? Does he know how to not look ridiculous? First of all, that wig. That's a wig? Holy hell. That's like the only thing in the trivia. We'll talk about that for sure. It's so distracting. It's so, <laughs> every scene, all I could do was stare at his head. Let's just talk about that right now. We don't need to wait for the end for one thing of trivia. <laughs> Travolta said in an interview with GQ, I really suggested we go for the sad lion at the zoo look. So that's why my hair is like that. 
What? Did he look like a sad lion at the <laughs> zoo to you guys? Oh, he looked like a sad Travolta. That's what he looked like. <laughs> it's that salt and pepper blonde wig. <laughs> Looks like a lion's hair, apparently. A lion's mane. A sad lion. Some woman is in his office. She is surprised he doesn't look older. Thinks he could suit up now. <laughs> what? She's surprised <laughs> he doesn't look older? He looks like shit. <laughs> I'm about to say. What was she expecting? A corpse? My next note is, I cannot stress this enough. Travolta looks like absolute shit. The worst we've ever seen him. And we saw him as Cancer John Gotti. And also as Moosey. No, I thought he looked great in that. He's got the Coach David Thorpe beard going. Very salt and pepper. And then most people, even without edging it up, your beard follows like a certain line, right? Down your cheek. Mm -hmm. Travolta, Coach Thorpe, a couple of people out there where it's like, if left unchecked, the beard will make its way all the way through the eyes. (laughs) It's it's criming up the face. Like, you can't just leave it be because it will take over everything. He says, you must know a little bit about my past. My past. My past. She grew up in Galveston. He caught some East Texas in there. He says, flattery will get you everywhere. Her aunt is in a sanitarium? I guess. A loony bin. It sounds disgusting. Well, it's the 70s, so like they had different names. That's one of the few ways that they tried to show that this movie was set in 1978. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I missed the term funny farm. We used to call it, yeah, they took them off to the funny farm. I can't say that anymore. What do you have to say now? A mental health institution. Pleasant Meadows. Her aunt hasn't been well since her breakdown. He says he doesn't typically do out-of-town jobs, but she can't trust anybody there. And that's when his secretary walks in, not minding her own business again, and says it might be a good idea for him to get out of town for a few weeks. Talking about Galveston's not the place for me. That's when the woman says, name your price. She pulls out a checkbook and I yelled 20th century, bitch. (laughs) I thought that she was going to pull out a stack of money, which would have been way more impressive. Yeah. But no, the blank check works every time. I know that there's a running joke that all white people look alike to me, but do we ever see her again in this movie? No, no, we don't. Okay. I shouldn't lie. You blew it. He narrates that a beautiful woman with a sob story has always been one of his weaknesses. Along with her having an open checkbook, she became irresistible. Mm. Now he's driving. We're getting opening credits. The road has always been an interesting place for me. The drone of the tires against the asphalt becomes this hypnotic chorus to take me back to places I rarely go. We have CGI poker chips just falling everywhere. He loves gambling and booze and smoking. (laughs) In moderation. Texas. The land of cowboys, beautiful women, 72-ounce steaks. 72-ounce steaks? Funnily enough. I tried to eat a 72-ounce steak at the Big Texan Steak Ranch in Amarillo. Why? It's like a competition thing. If you eat the whole thing, it's free. Not the whole thing. Not the whole thing. (laughs) So I did not make it. I ate 47 ounces, and then I stopped. Why? Because if I kept eating, I was probably going to throw up. You're going to die, yeah. I'm not asking why you stopped. I'm asking why you... Why'd you try? Why try? Because you know what happened? Is you ate 47 ounces of steak, didn't win anything for it, and then probably had to shit yourself for a week. Uh Uh-uh. Screw you, Willie, your kinky ass. Last time I didn't shit right for a week. A lot has happened since I left Texas. The Beatles in Vietnam have come and gone. (laughs) Good exposition right there. History exposition. Armstrong walked on the moon, and I drank enough bourbon to fill the cotton bowl. Let me tell you guys a story. When I was in grad school, we had to do a group project. There was like five of us, and one of the dudes, like a notorious, notorious slacker, never did shit, wasn't good at being a student. So we're doing a case study about a certain company that had this problem like in the 80s or whatever. 
And so I said, oh, you know, it'd be funny if we started the presentation, like the year is 1985, like number one movie in the theaters is Ghostbusters and everywhere everyone's raving about new Coke and then like get into our case study. And so the slacker was like, yo, yo, I'll, I'll do that part. I'm like, okay. I'm like, yo, it's just like a couple of lines, but yeah, knock yourself out. This motherfucker <laughs> did like t- 10 minutes. What? 10 minutes of just things that were happening. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ronald Reagan decided that, that like, he just, <laughs> everything, it was just one long ass history exposition that had nothing to do with our case study. And that was his whole contribution to the presentation. It's amazing. I'm watching this. And I'm just like, who gives a shit? <laughs> Why are they telling us all this shit? In case people don't know what happened before 1978. Just in case you missed when it said Los Angeles 1978. At that point, I get it. There are worse mistakes that happen in this movie, though. Like him shooting nine times out of a six shooter? Nine times. Maybe I drank enough to finally face the shame of my past. I ran out on Jane, the only woman I ever loved, faster than I ever ran on the field. They project Famke's face onto the water? Yeah. Why? After I disgraced myself in that final game. The football clips they're showing are like the first football ever filmed. It's black and white, and I'm pretty sure they have leather helmets. 72 full ounces of exposition here. Pulls up to the sanitarium. Woman says they've been expecting him. Thinks he's someone from the Institute, and he says he's there to visit a patient. He asks if she's a doctor or something, and she introduces herself as a paranoid schizophrenic. He says, I have a cat that's paranoid. He walks away as workers surround her. He goes up to the desk, asks for Barbara Van Poole. Howdy! Nurse has the worst poker face, and she says she doesn't sound familiar. Asks to describe her. Well, she lives here. You can probably do a better job than I can. She's probably in your files there. Just check them. She calls Dr. Mitchell and says he's busy. Have a seat. Y'all do electric shock therapy here? Not to visitors. That's good news. <laughs> Banter. Meanwhile, this entire time, Amin is mumbling a podcast over the PA, something about meeting outside. <laughs> <laughs> is this banter? It sort of is. But then my next note is, holy shit, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> He's got a watermelon in his gut. He puts on a doctor coat. He combs his hair. And what the fuck is his voice? He's lisping. This accent. <laughs> it's nice to see you again, Mr. Carson Phillips. When he talks, did you guys notice he sways? Yes, yes. He sways like when he every time he starts talking. I studied him throughout this entire movie. <laughs> every time he was on the screen, I couldn't take my eyes off of him. Excuse me? Oh, you don't remember me. <laughs> I was a freshman warming the bench. A freshman. <laughs> Still got s- splinters on my backside. <laughs> Scoring. <laughs> Scoring. <laughs> He recognized him as Miles Mitchell. Miles says that he could have been one of the greats. He's taking him to see Mrs. Van Poole, saying he's a family friend. I can't handle the way that Brendan Fraser is talking. I have no idea what's being said in the scene. I'm floored by his voice. I stopped paying attention. I was just watching him talk. Yeah, like I was in the same kind of frame of mind where I was just like, what's he saying? I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at him and listening to the, the sound of his voice more than the words that are actually being right. said. They're walking through the bus station from Total Recall. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about a group therapy session. Goes all afternoon. So how long you in town? <laughs> tension? Can you feel the tension in the air right now? He sounds like Ron Funches. Yeah, he does. Doctor will call him when she's up and free. <laughs> John offers to come back this evening. She'll be exhausted. Needs to give patients time to reflect on what the group has said. This entire piece of dialogue here is for the user of Good Brother Who Done It. 
He did it. Right then, you knew. I didn't even know what the movie was about, to be honest with you. I just knew, like, whatever there was that was done, he did it. Did he? Didn't he? Welcome to the home. When I saw him combing his hair, I knew he did it. <laughs> John Travolta's eyeing this door. Future callback. As the doctor's talking about that she's wealthy and she's worried. Everybody wants her money. I can assure you that ain't the case. He's staying at the Lone Star Hotel. Give him a call when she's ready. And I'll come back. Thanks for his time. He leaves. And then I couldn't tell because Brendan Fraser is wheezing there as he's breathing as they close up on him. Is that the character or is that just him? That's how he keeps you guessing, you know? That's his talent. John pulls up at the motel, more inner monologues position. I felt the invisible tug of my short hairs when I let the good doctor go. So I thought I'd follow a different tug. Does he mean his pubes? The short hairs are his pubes. The invisible tug of his short hairs when I saw the good doctor and I was like, tension? And then I thought, what's a different tug now? You know what it is. His dick. But also, do people tug on your pubes? Ratatouille did. Now he pulls up to a place called Roses. Ballet's only $2, by the way. I noticed that. That seems nice. 1978. Bitch. 20th century, bitch. 20th century. (laughs) A woman's in a car outside the place just watching. I thought it was Stacey Dash as the singer at first. No way. Then I realized, like, this doesn't add up at all. <laughs> it's not actually 1978, Zach. Then he walks into the casino for money playing. It's a- <laughs> Oh, my God. And guy, boys, <laughs> then poker's position <laughs> is back. back. <laughs> oh, my God. There's college dudes playing craps. By the way, Maze, Amin told me today that he has roulette skills. I do. He believes that he has the skills to win at roulette. I am. I am. It didn't make any sense. I am wrath? What do you you mean I am? I said you have skills. You said I am. You are skills? I am skills. You are roulette skills? I am roulette skills. With a Z? (laughs) Andrew Hahn once told me the same thing. He's like, no, you can't have roulette skills. It's impossible. Right. And the same thing he said, oh, it's the worst odds or whatever. I'm like, it is. All I could tell you is that every time I play roulette, I win. If I showed up with a certain amount of money, I'm walking away with more money than I showed up with. I don't lose. Morgan Freeman and Peter Stormare are playing poker. Stormage says only people who wear sunglasses indoors are blind people, assholes, and blind assholes. Ah, what a line. Morgan asks Lorenzo if he spent all that money on that suit. And Travolta says he likes that suit. And that's when Morgan looks up, recognizes him, gets up, and gives him a hug. Never thought he'd see them around there again. Pretty convenient that all the important characters are sitting at the same poker table right when he shows up in town. What are the odds, man? It's Galveston. How many poker tables do you want, Mace? That is a great point. The people there get screwed and he gets rich. Bing Walsh is now Chief Walsh. He says, don't do this, don't do this, as Stormare embraces him. Tells the dealer to deal him in. His credit is good around there. The singer gets an ovation. Lorenzo's very impatient at the game. He used to work at the sanitarium. There's some exposition that's thrown in there for no reason. About cleaning bedpans. His nickname is El Guano. There's a lot of exposition to this poker game. Lots and lots of it. Fun fact, guys. The guy who plays Lorenzo is Albanian. Is that why he's Cabron? (laughs) Cabron James? (laughs) Cabron James. That's the man that John needs to talk to. The singer is named Rose. She owns the joint. How many owners sing at their own place? The college kid next to her is a football player breaking all of his records. That's what he says. That's what they're made for. (laughs) Kid says that John used to be the best QB, according to his coach. Best one he ever saw. I guess that's not the case anymore. You got that right. What a screw up. You're insulting now. This kid is firmly acting his ass on. And Carson, 
betting on his own games and shaving points. He's poisoned Pete Rose. Well, well done, Mace. He's just a quarterback of exposition. Oh, yeah. He's running the exposition playbook. Yeah. Man, you had the world by the balls and you just threw it away. This college QB getting his degree in exposition. How's that make you feel? Maybe one day you'll tell me. So this is one of the storylines that confused me because the guy looks like he's in high school. Yeah. He's got a Letterman jacket on. Mm-hmm. But later on, they talk about like him being in the draft. So I'm like, oh, so he's in college. And then later on, it's like, my wife. I'm like, wait, he's married? <laughs> yeah. They could not decide how old this guy was. Kid's name is Happy. The woman in the car outside is drinking straight from the bottle. She's crying. She has a gun on the seat. She's acting her ass on. Oh, <laughs> not only is she acting her ass on. She is letting it be known to all the other actors in this movie. There's no one who's going to take this award from me. There can only be one. She's the Giannis of the acting ass on of these cinephobe finals. Now Happy is losing at craps. Rose is singing. The girl is still crying in the car. We get a lot of cuts back and forth. We get more Travolta narration. Uh, so there I was sitting at a poker table surrounded by the people I grew up with. And yeah, even though I'd been gone know. for over yeah, 20 <laughs> years, I couldn't believe how easily I slipped back into the pace and rhythm of my past. My past. <laughs> There was Bing Walsh, who I played football with. God damn oh it, my God. we know! <laughs> Certain the next big case Seesaw would be his first. <laughs> then there was Slide, the original hippie. Probably drop more ass than the Timothy Leary, future callback. Not the only Timothy Leary reference in this movie, in case you were wondering. I <laughs> know. Who the fuck is Timothy Leary? <laughs> Travolta wins a big pot, slides out. Then there's Doc. He went from being a small-time bookie to one of the biggest power brokers in the state. That in itself had to be respected, considering he was a black man in Texas. (laughs) Now it's just Doc and Travolta. John goes all in. Doc calls. We live in a world that's full of risks. He's got a straight. That's when Doc says, I don't. He's got a full house. I never lose, Carson. Future callback. Is Morgan Freeman the only character in this movie who doesn't have a ridiculous accent? Yes. They weren't paying him enough to try a Texas accent. He's like, I'm just going to talk. I couldn't tell if Famco was trying, which is a bad sign. Doc's going to buy him a drink. Doc says it's been nearly 12 years now. Fucking cancer. Nearly half the town got sick with it. That is not how how cancer cancer works. works. Right. That same note too, bro. (laughs) I had the same note. Doc asks if he's seen Jane yet. He wouldn't know what to say to her. She's a widow now. Her daughter Becky is married to Happy, who's now trying to fight a guy in there. Not trying. He he decks that fool. Travolta grabs him. Morgan just shoots his gun into the ceiling. Yeah. It's like, okay. The hell's the matter with you starting a fist fight on the night before the big game? Have you lost your mind? And then Travolta warns him that he could lose his spot in the draft. That's not how the draft works. Draft day. Holy exposition. This whole fight, like this whole little scene is nothing but just telling us who this guy is. The exposition is relentless. Happy leaves. The girl in the car sees him. She grabs the gun, then hits the steering wheel when she can't go through with it. Ass on. Travolta back to the motel. Man from the alley from in Los Angeles is outside his door. When he goes back to the motel... There's the guitar sting. Classic 1980s. You get that. And a little saxophone underneath it. Wait, is this supposed to be film noir or a 70s movie or an 80s action movie? What are we doing here? I think it's just what was free. (laughs) The music had absolutely no impression on me this entire movie. I remember you. 
Where's your kitty cat? Prefers LA. The sun, the women. Says Mr. Gregory wants to speak to you. That's when Travolta kicks his ass, takes his gun, walks in the room, says, You need to get better help. This dude sucks. Again. By the way, he made the same mistake. I show the gun. I don't actually use the gun. Yeah. May's question Do your cats prefer the sun and the women? Women? They are women, but they do prefer the sun. All cats prefer the sun. Okay. Cats can't be lesbians? No. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. It's 21st century. Anything's possible. <laughs> Mr. Gregory asks, Where is she, Mr. Phillips? He doesn't know. He found her. He brought her home and you paid me. Is Mr. Gregory the dude from whose line is it anyway? Greg Proops? Yes. No. No, are we sure? It's not. <laughs> no, it's Frank Renzulli, who was a producer on The Sopranos, but he has not been on Whose Line Is It Anyways, which you're telling me. I'm looking. I don't think so. He was in an episode of Crossing Jordan. He's never done any improv comedy. Did any of this scene seem funny enough to you for him to be on Whose Line? Funny enough, he was a voice on Where on Earth Is Carmen San Diego, and he played the voice of Roulette callback wow wow in the show Duckman. Duckman, what was Duckman? Duckman was like a private duck investigator also callback i guess it was a pi my quack my quack <laughs> brought her back brought her home he paid him but then she we found out she was home for a few hours packed left again travolta was seen at the airport putting her on a plane what she's saying that i abused her she wanted a safe place she, none of this fucking matters it doesn't come back absolutely not he's a sucker for a pretty girl in a sob story ah he said it i'll there. tell you who's a sucker is gregory just lets him go <laughs> this dude flies out to texas for his henchman to get his ass beat and then disappears for the rest of the movie he was right the daughter spun a tail to get travolta to help her get away and he was smart enough to know that i was dumb enough to give her the money that is one of the worst lines in this movie once again beautiful woman with the sob story this is the fourth fucking time it's been said we're like 18 minutes into this movie he's back at the sanitarium dr mitchell's there and i can't concentrate again i'm enthralled by his voice ass off lock it in <laughs> he's also can't concentrate because it's game day john got tired of waiting he never called his affairs got away from him miss van pool doesn't want to see anybody doc says they've already had this convo i'm sorry as a doctor i cannot recommend that she sees a stranger and i'm even more sorry that you came all this way for nothing there are times where we can do this podcast and you know we we'll say the line and it's funny uh -huh. it's not gonna do it justice you have to hear the way this guy talks you know what you just gotta watch this one watch the movie yeah it's on amazon prime John says, the whole time he's sitting there, the phone didn't ring once. How do you stay in business? Is that how mental institutions work? Do people call in? Even Brendan Fraser is confused by this question. Well, I thought Brendan Fraser had the look of someone who was trying to shit his pants. That's what he looked like to me. Oh, no, I thought he was just like, what? Like, that's not how <laughs> mental institutions work. It's not a goddamn pizzeria. <laughs> it's not Sirius XM NBA radio. <laughs> 855 NBA jump if you want to go to a sanitarium. John walks away. Schizo woman was watching the entire time. John walks into the building that he was in the other day and picks the lock of the door that he focused on. The rooms in the hallways are empty. This part of the sanitarium is massive. It's huge. And it's all empty and abandoned. Travolta's look is off the charts in this thing. Like, we really get a great look at him here. It's fantastic. He breaks into Dr. Mitchell's office. Oh, God, my favorite part's <laughs> That's the job. Oh, yeah. Slow <laughs> down. You're too soon. Yo, you're skipping a lot. Sorry, I'm sorry. I know. I saw the all caps text. I just got <laughs> distracted. Oh, my God. All right. Breaks into Dr. Mitchell's office. <laughs> He's in the patient files. He found her file. It's empty. No progress reports, just paid statements and an address. Most of his patients have moved on. 
doctor was taking bets. Travolta uses one of those like 1980s spy cameras. Yeah, tiny little camera, 20th century, bitch. Bets were for Texas State to lose to New Mexico. Doctor walks back into the office. Travolta hides. The doctor pours himself a drink. He pounds the drink. He closes the file cabinet. He takes some pills by chewing them. Just an open bottle of pills near his desk. He hears a noise. He looks outside the window to see the two nurses with the schizo woman. Listening to the pregame show on the radio. Travolta had snuck out the window. Brendan Fraser sits down and farts, and I wrote, I knew he needed to take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> they show us Travolta outside the window, and he makes three insane faces in about five seconds, acting his ass off. <laughs> He's on the fucking roof, and like fucking Nick Fury. <laughs> and then he yells, Aim for the bushes. <laughs> he runs off the roof, jumps for a tree branch, misses it. Face plants so hard. He's like Sylvester the cat, like like Looney Tunes, the way he fell, man. Like Wile E. Coyote. Oh, by the way, the chest hair situation is also pretty remarkable. He wakes up with the schizo woman standing over him, and he's fine, by the way. Just gets up and walks. And he's on his back, even though he clearly belly flopped face first. He asks about Barbara. She hasn't seen her for a long time. She says people disappear there. It's a bad place. What? Ooh, ominous exposition. Mm-hmm. Is it Shutter Island? It's not just exposition. It's walk and talks position. It is. <laughs> it's big time walk and talks position. Not the last time we see that in this movie. Big games happen and Travolta dings the bell at the front desk of his hotel. Asks him to develop the film from the spy camera. Then the guy offers to clean the jacket of John Travolta. Because he recognizes fresh dirt. Fresh dirt. This is the most helpful front desk attendant ever. Also, that shit happened in the daytime. It's nighttime. That shit happened hours ago. It's not fresh dirt. Happened in the last scene for us. It got us there, Zach. The game isn't going well. They were favored by 11, but they're down a touchdown. This is when I asked, when did point spreads begin? Spread betting was invented by Charles K. McNeil, a mathematics teacher from Connecticut who became a bookmaker in Chicago in the 40s. Oh, Charles K. Spreadmaker. <laughs> Spreadman. <laughs> he's a Spreadman. Yeah, there you go. Happy's messing up. We hear on the radio that he's thrown five interceptions. That's key. He's five for 18, abysmal passing, five interceptions. Which doesn't make any sense in mitt. Guys waiting for Carson are gone, by the way. They said they'd be back. That's when John Travolta offers the clerk $100 to keep an eye on them. That's when the clerk laughs and said they gave him $100 to keep an eye on him. He won't accept any more money from John, though. I took their money, but I don't see so good. And he winks like Lucille Bluth. Yes, he does. He absolutely does wink like her, like someone can't wink. But also, why his glasses have like a, a piece of tape on it? But not like in the bridge, like in the middle of the lens. Why? Yeah, I don't know. And it never comes in. I kept thinking like, well, there's, surely there's a reason. Then the play-by-play on the game oh my God. says... Happy throws his third interception today. He already had five. Yeah. So what the fuck happened? Some good math. We travel back in time, actually, is what happened. This play-by-play guy, when I say acting his ass on, it doesn't, I mean, it's almost like he's got an ass in the front of him now, too. Because he says, this does not look good. Happy is down and not moving. The crowd is stunned. I am a bad actor. The trader waves for the stretcher, cards off the field. Now the drunk girl from the car is being held back at the game, saying that's her husband. As he's being carted off, he's 
foaming pink at the mouth. Yeah. Is he having a seizure? Do you have rabies? What happened here? <sighs> it's like a seizure, but he's also bleeding within the seizure as well? I guess, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Travolta shows up, made amazing time. I'm sure Galveston's not that big, but he made amazing time. Shows up, sees them put him in the ambulance, and he sees Famke Jansen with the girl. I didn't know what to say. After all these years, it had to be perfect. Let's be honest, the situation wasn't exactly conducive to small talk. I thought about Jane. I thought about Happy lying on a slab instead of next to his wife. I thought about the missing barber Van Poole and the mysterious doctor. Most importantly, I thought about having a drink and not a small one. Then he drinks his ass silly in the motel room. Phone rings. It's Famke. She wants him to come over. He hadn't seen her in 20 years. He was convinced he was over her. Not the first time he's been wrong. Now he's at her place, a giant mansion. And she offers him a drink at 1030 in the morning. Why not? She's drinking. So am I. Says she did well in that big house. Looks like she has everything she needs. And she says, looks can be deceiving. Here comes the cliche onslaught. Her husband's dead. Having everything was a little too much for him. He was an oil. Oil! He's an oil man! An oil man. An oil man. She's had a lot of work done. Yeah, it's not. I feel bad. And they don't spare her any close-up shots. I mean, we're front and center with her face for a lot of this movie. I'm not sure what her accent is here. She's kind of in and out of it. She wants to hire him as a PI. Daughter is eavesdropping. She wants to hire him about Happy's death. How many 22-year-old athletes you see convulsing on the field? Well, he got hit pretty hard, and that happens. Does that happen? Did you see him get hit? <laughs> right. Didn't you? You just know that he's on the stretcher, and then that's it. <laughs> Welcome to Cinnabon. <laughs> She's already heard rumors. Wasn't football-related. Sheriff Walsh is an idiot and will want a quick and clean answer. His stupidity is limitless. Is that the one without limits? Can I go ahead and, like, go for I it? I guess, spoiler alert, future callback. Like, okay. <laughs> Exposition! If she's the one that did it, why would she first raise the alarms that this shit is more than just a hit? That's how you do it in a film noir, is you misdirect people. You misdirect people into your direction? Yeah. Into the... <laughs> God, okay. It's that simple. It wasn't, and it isn't. Yeah, you ever, like, you're walking down a sidewalk, and you're about to walk into something, and you guys both kind of go the same way, and like, oh, sorry, huh? You know, it's like, one, it's one of those. You're walking along, you doodly-doo. Uh-oh, you stepped in poo. <laughs> what do you do? She says this is a bad place. Doc owns everything and everybody. For years, she hated... John Travolta for leaving, but she understands now that escaping that place is the smartest thing you can do. And she walks outside. Cliche position. She says Happy was running around with Rose. Her daughter is the first place they'll look. That slut. She knows he's asking about Barbara. No secrets in this town. She met her when she was in the sanitarium. That ain't your style. You're tough as nails. These nails got rusty, Carson. Why can't he get a hold of her? Doesn't know. God damn, she had to fall in love with a football player. And then he says, sound familiar. And he winks at her like Catherine Hahn in WandaVision. <laughs> like I really. <laughs> we were too young, Carson, just like them. Coroner won't return to his calls. He tracks the coroner down. All right, I don't understand what the fuck happens here. So he gives the coroner money. Needs info on Happy. He's dead. Need more than that. Gives him more money. As he's talking to him, a mime is walking next to them and then starts doing the I'm stuck behind a wall or I'm stuck in a box thing. The only mime bit they have. Travolta asks him to stop, shows him his gun. He walks away, never comes back. What the fuck was the point of that? Yes, know about the galveston mime scene in 1978 was that someone 
who was just in the way of movie production that day. Is this movie supposed to be a comedy? Like at that point, I began to think to myself, maybe I'm not processing it correctly. Coroner says the hit was vicious, broken collarbone, fractured femur, but they found high levels of ephedrine and some to be determined chemicals in his blood. God damn. One hit broke the dude's collarbone and his femur. Yeah. Imagine if we'd seen it. <laughs> Travolta said he got hit hard. You know, it happens. Which he knew from hearing it on the radio due to his yeah. years of football experience. What did he get hit by a Mack truck? No, he's he not got Helen Hunt. hunted. <laughs> Same joke, too, yeah. bro. Results in a couple of days after they send the sample to Dallas. He's shoving hundreds in this coroner's pocket, like the entire scene. It's 1978, by the way, okay? Those hundreds mean something. I about to say, man, if I'm the coroner, I'll get vaguer with my answers. This dude's paying. He's paying at every impasse. He's giving another $100. (laughs) Why would I start giving information? I'm giving less and less information. forthright with the info. Famke's visiting Doc at his mansion. They're eating and drinking rosé from the private stock. Mm. Her daughter had nothing to do with Happy's death, and Doc corrects her. Happy's murder. Mm. Says it doesn't look good. He can call off Sheriff Walsh if he wants to. He says he doesn't have that kind of influence. You could affect the tides if you wanted to. Let's say I do call Walsh and get him to do what she wants. What do I get? Pussy. What oh. have in mind? <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the tides. I'm interested in what's offshore. Oil. He wants the oil. He wants to be her partner. Talking about oil, fo. You cooking? 49% for her, of course. Her attorney will be in touch. One more thing. Your old paramour, Carson. You have to call him off now. Get him to stop snooping around. He can undo a lot of business. I'm making noise. What's his name? Carson. Carson Phillips. Because I kept writing Carson Palmer. And I was like, that's not right. <laughs> Stormage. <laughs> if, she, if she can, he'll have to talk to her. John visits Slide at a bar. You know everything that's happening around here. They have to do drugs. Happy's drug was Rose. Couldn't get enough of that sweet ass. What is this accent by Slide? It's not Texas. A Texan hippie? No. Yeah, yeah. It's called acid. But he sounds like he's Eastern European. I mean, he did play a Russian in Armageddon. Whoa. How dare you question Peter Stormare? Or Stormage. Geo Stormage. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus, sit up on Tells him that Mitchell owes Doc a lot of money. Lorenzo lost his ass, too, off that game. Happy wouldn't go to Lorenzo for drugs. He'd go to Mitchell, the doctor. A man watches their conversation. He waited outside to see if that guy would follow him, and instead he saw Lorenzo. Meanwhile, Slide is singing this song, and I swear to God, it's the the I'm Tired song from Blazing Saddles. I'm tired. Sick and I'm tired. Lily bunched up. Lorenzo gives a mysterious bar guy a duffel bag, walks back out with something. Real subtle. He's more involved in the drug trade than Slide let on. Carson found out it's tainted speed that killed Happy from the coroner. Put a pin in this. Yes. <laughs> Wait, are there continuity issues? No, of course not. This movie was executed perfectly. Sheriff asks why he's still in town. And this is when I noticed that Walsh is played by Robert Patrick. <laughs> Took this long? I didn't notice until then. <laughs> I, was, I noticed, wait, this has been Robert Patrick the whole time? Happy's been blatantly cheating on her all over town. It seems like it's open shut to me. How do you know it's not one of those endless Texas blue bonnets that he was deflowering, promising he would leave his wife for them and didn't? Oh, my. Or maybe more likely, it's a bunch of people getting rich off of him messing up on the field. What are you getting at? Good geolocated reference of the blue bonnets there. Yes. Somebody Wikipedia Texas before they wrote this movie. Yep. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> then he says, all that L.A. sunshine is making you loopy. I said, you live in Texas, right? It's nothing but sun. It's not Seattle. He's back at Rose's. He lights Rose's cigarette. Lorenzo and Doc are there. Rose cheers as a shot to happy. He says, is that your morning dress? Yeah. It's black, isn't it? What there is of it. Mm. Tension. Did you get jealous when he went home with his wife? Want to know if I killed him? I'd like to know that. <laughs> Banter? <laughs> God damn it! She won't answer his questions about happy in the drug. She puts her lipstick print on a napkin and gives it to him. Future callback, I guess. Do you like to watch tension? I can feel it all the way down in my plums. He says, what? You like to watch people? Do I look like mm. Cuck O'Leary to you? <laughs> <laughs> She says Lorenzo and those boys are always whispering, being secretive. He says since he's been gone, everything has become more organized. And that's when Doc interrupts him. Since he's been gone, <laughs> everything's been organized. Doc's moving up. Yeah, yeah. Drugging you. Drugging me. He wants that oil. He says, excuse me, Rose. And I said, she's Rose. <laughs> You didn't know? That was my first time I figured out her name was Rose. Oh, wow. And so then at that point, I'm like... Did you rewind the scene? Like, did I miss the hint? Is Rose actually implicating herself in this scene? She's got to be a central figure. A person of interest in my notes. One would think. Going to come back to this. It's Rose. It's called Poison Rose. She's got to be the reason for all of this. I don't think we see her again in the movie, right? <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> and that's a wrap on Rose, everybody. They take a ride on a dark road. Now they're at Doc's home. Says he can tell Carson where Van Poole is, but if he does that, Carson needs to go home. We'll give him a healthy going away present. Can't have him poking around his business. Carson isn't interested in his business, and that's when Doc tells him about Jane and Pleasant Meadows, and that's not going to work out for him. He knows that Carson's put most of the pieces together already, but is he actually talking to us? <laughs> Barbara is as dead as Julius Caesar. What a reference there. I mean, yeah, you know, just real relevant. Not the only one. Go back to L.A. with a report from Walsh. The coroner will give a legitimate death certificate and a nice will for her kin. Not a bad deal. Walk away. I can't. I screwed Jane over. Over once before can't live with myself if you do it again can't do it again my next note was how's he getting back because they're done with the conversation and they're just staring at each other and that's when the bodyguard drives him to a deserted part of town better than off the side of a bridge he hears a baby crying car drives up and it's two guys with guns he shoots at them both as he runs down some stairs the joker steps oh i thought it was from the exorcist but yeah he turns so slow i mean he's an old man it reminded me of, of the irishman the scene where they like de-age <laughs> robert de niro as he's supposed to beat down yeah. the guy and it's just so rickety and old it was the same the same vibe so he goes down he's trapped behind a dumpster he shoots nine times out of a six shooter nine times he drops a couple of more guys. Then he tells one to make a choice. The guy says he didn't like them sons of bitches, and he runs off. And the baby's still crying. I wondered if there was a baby in the dumpster next to him. I'm just a prom night dumpster baby. I got no mom or dad. Prom night dumpster baby. My story isn't long, but boy, it's awfully sad. And though I came from a hole, and though we came from a hole, I'm singing right from the soul. We singing right from the soul. My fanny needs a blanket and somebody to spank it. I miss my mom, but she's at the prom. So I'm a prom night dumpster baby. 
From that dumpster, baby. And I'm taking a stroll. I'm taking a stroll. He's taking a stroll. I'm taking a stroll. He's taking a stroll. I'm taking a stroll. The baby crying never means anything. We've changed scenes. All of the blood from when he shoots these guys is drawn on with a red sharpie on the actual film stock. It is so fake. Now Doc is in a pink smoking jacket. Walsh comes over, tells him hitmen have followed Carson from L.A. He killed two of them. Doc says make this his last warning. and Keep squeezing Jane. I want every drop of that oil. Carson's sitting at a diner counter reading the paper about the shooting. Walsh sits next to him. They ID'd the shooters from L.A., but he already knew that. They're hitmen. Want to tell me who they are? They're hitmen. Scintillating dialogue. He owes them 50K on gambling? What difference does it make? Don't get cute with me, Carson. I'll throw you in the hole with them sodomites. They'll have a good old time with you, too. Yikes. Says to lay off Becky, and he'll leave town for good. Walsh can't do that. Thanks to him, everybody's watching now. A lot of this dialogue is nonsensical. Walsh brings up Jane, says conviction will be easy because she's not well-liked. Charlie's oil poisoned the place. Is that what gave everybody cancer? Jesus Christ. Shows pictures of Becky all bruised up. Those are enormous ass photos. And that was one of the most flagrant. This is not 1978. They were basically like Don Cheadle got posterized in Space Jam. (laughs) Future callback. Or is it? Isn't it? Welcome to Cinepo. Happy almost killed her once. He can't uh, arrest their star QB. He can also make that shootout look like a clear case of self-defense or he can lock them up. This is Texas after all. Carson's going to go see his client. Your move. He leaves the diner. Carson goes to see Becky. She was talking to Don, one of Happy's friends. Carson recognized him from the poker place. Doesn't pay off. Nope. Uh, Happy promised he'd stop cheating on her after they got engaged. He didn't do drugs. Becky leaves and he tells Jane she never told him about the beatings. That's motive. Everyone in this town doesn't like you. Why? 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 Of course they do. I'm rich, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He says he needs to know everything. She's going to show him something. She takes him to the oil rigs. Charlie paid off inspectors to set it all up. Within a year, the town was getting sick. Waterfront oil's position. Then we find out Becky is Carson's daughter. He says, the hell you talking about? This was obvious, but it's extra obvious because it's his real daughter. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, they look the exact fucking same. If he cast his daughter to play not his daughter, that would have been confusing. I'm copying and pasting the actual line, Zach, again. Let's play this game where I want you to read the script. Okay. The hell you talking about? <laughs> about. The hell you talking about? <laughs> about. 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 <laughs> oh, she visited him before she married Charlie or some shit. I don't know. She didn't tell him because he wasn't ready. Becky Jansen, ass on. There it is. My next note, I need more Brendan Fraser. Bring his ass back. I need, like, I just, I'm really trying here. We got this each side walk and talks position again. And at the end of it, they kiss and embrace. And I wrote, zero tension. And then as the camera zooms out, I said, zero cheeks too. So it turns out I had a daughter. This trip is full of surprises. I actually started to think of others instead of myself. 
Couldn't imagine what would come next. I wrote the fucking end of this movie, I hope. Not even close. Now the coroner calls Carson. Medical report is in. High concentration of amphetamines and steroids and something that's a cancer drug. Uh-oh. Can't buy that over the counter. But we got this voiceover exposition 17 minutes ago. Well, we did. But this time it brought me with the excited question, Brendan back? It says they find Dr. Burrison or whatever the name of the drug is in his system. And then Travolta replies with this, Zach, once again, can you read the text that I just sent you? Sure, got you. What, what the hell is that? Uh, that? What the hell is that? Not yet. No, Brendan, yet. Becky brings Carson a bottle of bourbon. She told you, I'm not dumb. Hey, what, what you got there? Coffee? <laughs> well, I'm going to have to put some bourbon in that. Oh, you got that too. <laughs> He's doing this thing where she doesn't say a word, and he's just talking for the two of them. He's expositioning her. She realized that he's her dad because of how her mom looks at him. That's not how that works. You were the love of her life. That's not how that works at all. Poppy talk. Oh, my God, Poppy talk. That just made me think of Varsity Blues. Playing football at West Canaan may have been the opportunity of your lifetime, but I don't want your life. I want your life. Your life. He says nothing will happen to her. Don't be scared. She brought coffee and donuts. Oh, I like these. One for you, one for me. Want me to teach you how they eat donuts in L.A.? I can't. <laughs> they don't eat them in L.A. Eat sprouts. <laughs> I can teach you how you eat them in Texas. Dunk. <laughs> You're too pretty to be dunking donuts. Cheers. Product placement? <laughs> First time I've toasted without alcohol involved. He talks the whole fucking time. She never says a word. Also, he's behaving like the Family Guy episode where Brian discovers he has a son and then wants to be involved, but is treating him like he's like four, basically. Want to play catch, want right. to do this. Like, yeah. bro, she's married. This bitch is a widow. widow. She's a grown-ass woman. But somehow, she's content to go along with it as she nods stupidly at him every time oh you want God. me to teach you how to dunk donuts like they do in california i said uh-huh slide comes over he's been beaten up lorenzo did this when slide tried to collect money carson starts smacking him all over the place <laughs> he slapped the fuck <laughs> out of him he's the fuck out of him like he was that kid in lawnmower man <laughs> one of the five fingers say to the face Cop shows up to Jane's place. Carson keeps smacking him. Time for the truth. Becky is super calm throughout this. Like, a man is bloodied and staggers into their hotel room. Your father gets on top of him and starts slapping him around. And Becky's like, huh, I'm going to wash cloth. I'll wear a washcloth for you. Becky, get some towels. Combo between Doc and Happy. Happy owed Doc money. Flashback to earlier. Doc said he has to throw the game. Happy got greedy. Mitchell gave him the bad meds. Lost bets. Looks suspicious. Walsh is trying to talk to Becky. Carson's motel room phone rings. He answers. It's Jane telling him about the arrest warrant for Becky. Carson says to put Walsh on. Says to trust him again. He knows the game was fixed. Knows who benefited from him. Give him 24 hours. I'll find the killer. When did he trust him the first time? When they were football players probably together. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose and all that. Number two, give me 24 hours. Why do people in the movies always request exactly 24 hours? He's a PI. That's all he needs. Like, give me a little time. I'll figure this shit out, you know? Yeah, but like they always say tw- they always specify 24 hours, and it leads me to also believe it's like instead of saying I'll give me a day or whatever, is the person that's giving him the 24 hours, are they counting down? Yeah, do you check the time? Like, okay, it's 5 o'clock. It's almost 5 o'clock, right? Like, it's 4.47 right now. And he said yesterday at 5 o'clock, give me 24 hours. Do you send warning shots? Like, yo, you got 15 minutes left, bro. Like, Shoot into the ceiling like Morgan Freeman. <laughs> that kind of warning shot. Yeah. 
says, you better be right, else it'll be your tit in the ringer along with hers. Watch your mouth. That's my daughter. She tells Carson that she and Doc made a deal. She thanks him for being trustworthy. Carson shows up to Doc's. Knows about the fix. Tells him about Happy getting greedy. Knows Lorenzo was cutting into his business. Maybe Doc set them both up. Says break up the drug ring and Lorenzo disappears. And Pleasant Meadows becomes the best resort with 18 holes of golf. I never lose, Carson. I keep that in mind. Is that what this movie's about? What the fuck is this movie about? Mm -hmm. Is it Morgan Freeman's quest to build a golf course? What is this? A center for ants. What? How can we be expected to teach children to learn how to read if they can't even fit inside the building? We think Rose left a note on Carson's car because he's got the lipstick. Meet her at the stadium tonight. It's nighttime and he's there on the field. He picks up a football. Lorenzo's there up in the press box, has a sniper rifle. I I can't even begin to describe how Travolta throws a football. Oh, man. Right before Lorenzo shoots at him. Travolta is a legend for playing people that are supposed to be athletes, like all the way back to like Greece. Danny is supposed to be good at basketball, but his basketball scene is not as horrendous. And his throwing form is awful. Lorenzo fired. He somehow missed him twice with a sniper rifle. More than twice. Just the beginning. He's maybe 50 yards away from him. Max? Can't be that far because of what's coming next. That's true. Now he's hiding behind some pads. He fires at him with his gun. He misses. He starts hiding behind the blocking sled. Guy by guy by guy. One at a time. Fires again. Now he's out. I wrote, this man has a sniper rifle. How is he missing? How are these dummies like bulletproof? But Moose, he's unbreakable. He stops firing at him. He lowers the gun a little. Then (laughs) next thing coming at him, we see the football coming right towards the camera. It hits him in the face. It knocks him out. And I wrote file. End of scene. It's the end of the scene. End of scene. That's it. He's fine. One football to the face. And the look of satisfaction he had. (laughs) Oh, he's back at the hotel, calmly getting his dry cleaning from the clerk. The clerk who says, my wife. My wife. My wife. Clean real nice. What were you doing? Rolling around in the grave? Rolling around in the grave? Rolling around in the grave? Flashback. Just ringing in his head. Doc saying she's dead and not the only one. People disappear. It's a bad place. This is one of the worst, like, we're talking about this during Space Jam, right? Like, when people mention something ridiculous, and that's supposed to trigger the memory of the other person. Okay, don't panic. Remember what the instructor said. If you ever get into trouble, all you need to do is... Feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. (laughs) Stupid sexy flander. He starts digging up the ground outside the sanitarium. He finds a body and then Brendan Fraser is back. He's got a bright fedora on and a suit and a gun. Yellow fedora, purple bow tie combo is something. That's not all he's got on, guys. (laughs) Because this was the note. (laughs) Is he wearing makeup? like a doll it gets confirmed later when it starts to run yes <laughs> good evening mr carlos why couldn't you just get lost you were one so many times <laughs> he's holding the gun so lazily like a waiter with a pen and a pad at a restaurant ready to take an order that's how he's holding the gun carson tells him about the business with lorenzo 
It says, is that right? Mm, that's about the slowing skinny of it. Is that an expression? I don't know. Maybe in Galveston. Travolta's wig is struggling so hard in this scene. It's all over the place. Carson says he's on his way to being the biggest meth dealer in the state of Texas. Mitchell says he saved him some work by digging the grave. <laughs> grave isn't big enough for me. Why don't you help me? I can't get my hands any more <laughs> dirty. Put the shovel. And then he, he shovels. He shovels dirt right to fucking right Frazier's face. <laughs> and, then, and he is acting his ass off with dirt in his eyes, firing the gun all over the place. I want to watch that scene over <laughs> because the dirt hits him in the face and he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Well, 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 it's like it's like Joe Gatto pretending not to fall. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> impractical jokers. It's also like a 1950s robot that has water poured on it. Yeah. It just starts to malfunction. It starts short circuiting. Carson tackles him. He punches him. Lorenzo with a bandage <laughs> on his nose fires at him in Cabron. the open. He misses him. Cabron, Cabron, James, get back here. Carson runs off. Lorenzo, worst shot in movie history. An orderly comes out and fires at him. He shoots him in the leg. He hides behind a truck. He's clipping orderlies left and right. Lorenzo keeps missing him. The orderly that got shot in the leg decides to limp out to where Carson is hiding and then gets shot again. <laughs> Putting himself in the running for dumbest henchman in this movie. He runs into a building and it's a meth lab. Orderly with a shotgun comes out. It shoots at him and hits the other orderly who flies against the wall. Beaker month is back, bitches! Beaker month! They're <laughs> shooting beakers left and right. We got explosions. We got things falling on the ground. Fires are starting. Oh my God, I miss beaker month. Slow motion, beaker shattering, fire oh, spreading, chemical man. fires that bitch nurse from the beginning is there for some reason <laughs> wow <Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs> he shoots lorenzo he gets the, the bitch nurse outside and he runs out <laughs> his makeup is running carson says it's over put the gun down all the old people come out <laughs> yeah. he says be a gentleman and just tell me you gave happy bad drugs and that you murdered him you tell me that Brendan looks so sad, like so sad. Sorry. I always knew you were one, one of the, the greats. greats. He goes to hug Carson and he gets <laughs> shot in the back and dies. <laughs> it's a massive crater of a shot. And I was like, massive. Did they shoot through Travolta? Because that's what I thought at first. Yeah. Then I was like, wait, did Travolta shoot him? And who did it? Was it Lorenzo still alive? Was it another person? Was it maybe Doc? Nope. It's the schizo with a shoddy. And she's lifting the gun back up. Not how shotguns work. And the old people just start clapping. Yeah. yeah. He got what he deserved. The lab explodes. We fade to black. What the fuck just happened? Walsh pulls up in his car. Carson's waiting for him. The building is still very much on fire. Walsh asks him where Miles is. Miles is dead, and he told me he was the one that gave Happy them bad drugs just to cover his bets and guarantee they would happen. I told you Becky had nothing to do with this. That's not how the law works. <laughs> the guy that's dead, he told me. <laughs> yeah. He confessed, so we're good. <laughs> that's not how that works. Not even in Texas. Fraud. Drug smuggling. Murder. Especially not in Texas. Gonna lay off Becky? Well... Everyone's dead. Wouldn't be surprised if this got you reelected. That's the end of the scene. Now Carson is at Doc's house. Says, you look like shit. It's 1 a.m. Do you ever sleep? I try not to. I hate those little snippets of death. No, what a line. Doc already heard about what happened that night. His competition's no longer with him. He owes Carson. Carson knows about the deal with Jane, about the oil. He finds out that Miles killed Happy. There's no proof, though. 
It's just you saying so. Let this one go, Carson, unless you want this whole thing to be reopened. The deal he made with Jane is between them, not Carson. No end to the lengths a mother will go to protect her daughter. Future callback. When is enough enough? There's always more. I never lose! (laughs) Yeah, you told me. Carson is at Jane's house now. He says it's over. She knew she could count on him. They just start dancing. And it's just them dancing for a bit. I just remembered that you know who else's catchphrase was I never lose? What? The fucking Texan from Money Plane before he gets shot in the face. Oh, yeah. The Russian roulette. Yeah. I can't lose. (laughs) They're just dancing for a bit. Gratuitous Travolta dancing. Cut to him sleeping in bed. She's in a chair just watching him sleep because he looked peaceful. I'm going to just say right now, at this point, the movie could have been over. Yes. Just roll credits. I thought the credits were going to roll. And then Nick Fury came out. (laughs) Yep. He's in the bathroom looking at prescriptions. He walks out for breakfast. He kisses her. Last night felt like it was 20 years ago when we were younger and healthier. And he hands her the bottle of pills. He asks her, how much time do you have? Not much. He asks her if she cooked all this up to come out and get Becky off the hook. She doesn't know what he's talking about. I don't either. A mother will do just about anything to protect her daughter. Tell me that you did it, Jane. It it might make you feel better. Becky asks if Jane killed Happy. She says he was a monster. He would have killed you, sweetheart. I knew I wasn't going to be around to protect you. The fuck? <laughs> he just walks out. More narration. In 1971, scientists predicted that a comet named Kahutek would pass closer to Earth than any other heavenly body in history. Timothy Leary said it was a cosmic windshield wiper that would wash this planet clean of all its bad karma. The hippies waited with bated breath. But 71 came and went. Somehow, Kahutik reared off into space. They say we'll have to wait another thousand years for it to return. Till then, someone else will have to deal with all this shit. What the fuck? If you were wondering, hey, are we going to get another Timothy Leary reference? Yes, you are. <laughs> very, very, very disappointing and confusing. A comet named Kohutek. Montage, kind of. Sort of. Yeah, but also like, so he's waiting for Jane and Becky as they lay flowers. They hug, they drive. Who's Timothy Leary? <laughs> I still don't know. I'm pretty sure he was very involved in the early stages of acid. Yeah, he was an advocate. He's taking it. He's a psychologist. He's taking gents. <laughs> Takers of LSD. So he had walked out of the house. They go through all this. He gives this dumbass fucking narration about an asteroid that Bruce Willis blew up. <laughs> and then he's waiting for Jane and Becky by the car. They all hug. They drive off. Then he says, I wasn't in a hurry to go home. We cut back to him. And I realized. Outside the house when he just left. I already was. So was he imagining that he took them to lay flowers? Did this montage happen? Didn't it? Wait. <laughs> Welcome to Cinephobe. Also, whose grave was that? Barbara's. Why? What do they care about Barbara? I don't know. I don't know. It's a rose, though. He walks back in the house because he's already home. What about his cat? Does he ever go back to L.A.? My cat! What about that lady that paid him all the money? That was just an emissary of Jane. So that was Jane's money. When do they explain that? He asked if she set him up from the beginning. She denies it, but she did. Film noir. Because there's the, a mother will do anything to protect her daughter. So nobody gives a shit about Barbara for real? Film noir. They give a shit about Barbara, I guess. How could she send an emissary to set him up for all this shit when the dude hasn't been killed yet? What if he survived? Film noir. It's like Dumb and Dumber. What if he shot you in the face? Yeah, what if they shot me in the face? That's a risk we were willing to take. (laughs) Why did she go to Morgan Freeman and ask for protection and give away half her company? Film noir. 
Wait, there was a company? The oil! Yeah, it's an oil company! Oh, yeah, that's right, the oil company. She inherited an oil company! Talking about oil, fuck! Oil! You cooking? Roll credits. The only trivia is that he wanted to look like a sad lion. Forrest Whitaker was in talks to portray Dr. Mitchell before Brendan Fraser assumed the role. We nearly had a Battlefield Earth reunion, but instead we oh, got no. Brendan Fraser unleashed upon the world. I'm so glad we didn't. I'm so glad we got Brendan Fraser. Principal photography took place in Georgia, Savannah, Georgia, and then continued in Italy. What? 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 Why did they go to Italy? I guess that's the part that the other Italian guy directed. There's that, and also there's parts of this. I'm like, this is not Galveston. Like those stairs? I'm like, this can't be Galveston. That's fucking DC. That's where that is. <laughs> like that's Georgetown. This film received the Best Directing International Award at the Terre de Sienne Film Festival, and apparently that is true. I looked, I double checked because I was like, no way. Was it the only nominee? The Terrible Cinema Movie Award? What? Terre de Sienne. And then this was in the trivia. Ella Bleu. Travolta is the daughter of John Travolta and Kelly Preston. Nice. What? What a twist. Breathe in through nose, out the mouth. Ash on, ash off. Teddy Rex, Moosey Teddy Rex. Teddy Rex, Moosey Teddy Rex. Ass on, fuck it, ass off. Ass on, fuck it, ass off. On, think it's gotta be Ella Bleh. Oh man, that's Becky. She's pretty bad. Look, the play-by-play guy on the radio was awful. He had one job, and he fucking failed miserably. She managed to overtake him. I think the scene that really sold it for me was the motel scene where he's literally doing all the acting for the two of them. You're watching the guy you just found out is your dad, who's really your dad, beat the shit out of this dude. He was being fatherly on a meta level. He was really like, "Honey, don't worry about it." I got the whole scene. Just just sit there and look stupid. <laughs> she reminded me so much of Liv Tyler in Armageddon. Oh, no. No, no, no. She makes Liv Tyler in Armageddon look like Meryl Streep. Yeah, I kind of agree. It was over for me as soon as we saw her pretending to be drunk and angry in the car. I wasn't buying it for a second. Ass off. I mean, Travolta had a moment when well, he's making no, the crazy faces and not. aiming for the bushes, but... <laughs> Throwing the football. Don't fuck it with me. It's Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, baby. Yo, the dirt in the... <laughs> if I wasn't so pressed for time, I would have sat like for hours just rewinding it, rewinding it, rewinding it. He makes a sound. He fucking flutters his head. He's wearing makeup. Everything about it is so perfect. What do you think was his motivation going into that scene? Like... Cake. <laughs> Are you good at keeping secrets? Absolutely. Because I've got a, a present for you. Secret present outside by the dumpster. Is it a baseball mitt? To fit you like a baseball mitt, like a glove, I hope. Golden Dumpster nominees. I mean, it's a fucking shovel scene. I had Carson aiming for the bushes. <laughs> oh, God, that's also good. Travolta trying to throw a football. <laughs> Carson drilling a sniper with a football. <laughs> And then ending the scene. It's just over. And the yellow fedora purple bow tie combo. I mean, it's it's the shovel. It's the shovel. Shovel. This was the Giannis 50 point game right there. You won all the awards right there. All right, I'm going Carson aiming for the bushes. Zach, you picked it, motherfucker. From the sniper scene through the meth lab explosion, I thought, I'm filing it. 
I have to. It's one of the funniest movies we've done. I laughed so hard. I had to stop it multiple times just to catch my breath. I was, I mean, I I can watch this scene. I can watch this scene forever. That's like 10 of the best minutes of movie we've seen throughout this entire podcast. Like any of the episodes, that 10 minutes from the sniper scene to the shovel. It's some of the best movie making we've ever seen. What on, do you mean the shovel? The shovel. So it's really tough for me to then say like the ending, you know how hard it is for me to say, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care. They're going to be mad at me. They're going to say, oh, you just file your own picks and all this stuff. And and I don't care. I'm going to file this. And then you know how bad an ending has to be for me to decide, no, it's a phobe. That's how bad and nonsensical this ending was, is that I will phobe it because I cannot believe it doesn't make any sense. The 19 minutes of movie left after the shovel scene doesn't make any sense. And so it's a it's a phobe for me. Wow, what a twist. I mean, I'm not Shyamalan. I, for one, am stunned. I am too. I am wrath. I am skills. I am phobe also of this movie. I mean, I, I still don't know what it was about. All of it was nonsense. It was incredibly boring. I was in my phone. I was so bored I couldn't even go to sleep. That's how bored I was. <laughs> You're too bored to sleep? Too bored to sleep. But like I said, there are a couple of scenes where like it almost makes it worth it. Right. Travolta falling. <laughs> jumps. Travolta throwing a football. He didn't fall. He jumped off a building trying to grab a tree branch like he's his own fucking cat. Yeah. My cat. My cat. Travolta throwing the dirt in Brendan Fraser's face. Brendan Fraser's accent. Brendan Fraser's makeup. <laughs> Brendan Fraser crying with the gun in his hands as it limply falls to the side. Him combing his hair. Travolta. With his daughter acting for the two of them. The front desk guy is talking about my wife. <laughs> There's a lot of funny parts to this, but it is so incredibly boring. And the exposition, again, I challenge you guys to give me a movie that we've done that had more exposition than this. Well, that reviewer said that, you know, they didn't really do much exposition. Maybe you watch it on mute. I like, he didn't hear the narration. The whole poker scene was just like, here's all the characters. But the exposition isn't good. Maybe that's what he's talking about. Like, I'll give him that. Like, we get a lot of exposition about shit that doesn't really matter, right? There's a lot of stuff in this movie that doesn't matter. Rose doesn't matter. The girl in the beginning doesn't matter. The fact that the Beatles and Vietnam happen, they don't matter. But this movie takes the time to explain these things to us like it's supposed to matter. And so I guess I could see their, their point in that regard. But yeah, it's wall-to-wall exposition. He's narrating half of it. And when he's not narrating half of it as the narrator of the movie, he's narrating a whole scene between him and his daughter. (laughs) Maze, what do you got? So when I'm doing my prep for this movie and I'm discovering that the director, or one of the directors, I guess, and a couple of the writers are Italian, I started having Troll 2 flashbacks. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. It's Italian directors making an American movie. And that's why, like, the football... The five interceptions, three interceptions thing. I'm like, did they just not know how football works? Like, what's going on here? They got the guy who wrote Midnight Run to be attached somehow. It was an ominous research session. And then you come in and Travolta's doing the twangy accent. And that made me laugh right off the bat. The exposition was suffocating (laughs) the voiceover exposition was suffocating it's like the book was written in the first person and they just copy pasted all of that right in he got his own daughter a part in it she's terrible 
Brendan Fraser. Thank God this got him back in the game because he'd been out of movies for six years. Oh, man. But as a lover of film noir films, this was a horrible, horrible, cliche film noir. They're just throwing in fucking keywords like oil and cancer. (laughs) Oil with an 80s action movie guitar sting under it. And for the third month in a row, I'm sweeping phobes. There will be blood. Get out of here. Wow, this is tough for so you. So yeah. much blood. Maze, you said you're a film noir fan. Mm. Mm-hmm. Check the spreadsheet real quick. I'm looking at it. What am I? Well, it's not swept red. <laughs> you know why? There's a ghost in the machine. Because what a twist. I'm filing it, you sick sons of bitches. No, what the I'm hell? File How? It. Yes, I'm filing it. You know why? Because I saw the best 10 fucking minutes of movies I've ever seen. Ever seen. What? Brendan Fraser. Why? Yo, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't want to set this precedent. File. Talk about bad endings. Good God. File. Yo, file. Hold on. You can't file. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I'll file all of them. I'll file every goddamn movie we ever do. <laughs> Did his Fober file review happen? I don't know. Was it just a montage? <laughs> you think I wasn't going to file this? You sons of bitches. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade. over oh i miss it already <laughs> all those deep cuts man. <laughs> it was too deep i don't think anyone's seen any of these movies that we've seen we saw travolta have a serbian accent a texas accent a new york city cab driver accent and the joyzy accent so now we're done with travolta and his accents what's the next month up maze well as everybody knows august is the month of love is it? So we're going to take a dip into the romantic comedy pool. There's a lot of material on the board here. Rom-com. Ooh, I love a rom-com. I'm team rom-com, man. Even Rocky had a rom-com. We've done a lot of rom-coms in Cinephobe history, right? Really? The Breakup. Okay. Good Luck Chuck. Geely. File. I always think romantic comedy when I think back to Geely. For sure, yeah. Showgirls? Soul Man. <laughs> Soul Man was a rom-com. Along Came Polly. Long Came Polly's a, a rom-com for sure. Killing Season. Hall Pass. Hall Pass is a rom-com. Yeah. Which begs the question, can it be a rom-com if they're already married? Oh, good question. Just like Look Who's Talking To. Which is a rom-com. But I'm up first this month, and I have phobed an unbelievable number of movies in a row. I really need to turn this around. I can't keep hurting myself. So I'm going to do a movie that I remember fondly, that I look back on with great affection. People have been proposing this. The fans out there, they've been calling for it. It's time to save Silverman. We're saving Silverman. Woo! Well, saving Silverman, rom-com month. Buckle up, kids. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.